Hi, this is Semilana, and welcome to the Judaism from Within podcast, where we articulate the ideas of Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch. And now we're working our way through his work, Chorev, where we are discussing the mitzvahs that appear in the Torah and his perspective on them. For a quick moment, I just want to articulate why I'm so focused on Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch, why there's a podcast dedicated to his thoughts. Because Often people come into this podcast at different times, and every now and again I like to, you know, punctuate it with a brief explanation. But also the explanation develops over time. I develop, and my reasons for being so enamored with his thinking also develops. And the best way, or the most succinct way that I put it to my students and people who ask me, is that he emerged at a point in history that is very similar to ours. And when I say similar, I mean he emerged in a secular context. He wasn't in the ghettos. This was post the emancipation. We are post the emancipation. We don't know what it means to live in a ghetto. And I'm not referring to the hardship of the ghetto necessarily. I'm referring to being in an environment where your ideas and your religious upbringing is constantly being affirmed. That's not our world. We're in the world of the internet. We're in the world of social media. We're in the world of the dissemination of information like never before seen in history, which means we have everything at our fingertips, which means the articulation of Judaism, how it's described, has to fit in with the times. You have to describe ancient ideas through the lens of your contemporary world, a recognition that you're looking at the Torah through the lens of your contemporary society, a world you were born into, the philosophy, the science, the culture, and that whole thing comes together for Rav Shamshin Rafael Hirsch to articulate the most beautiful, the most rational, the most spiritual, the most uplifting description of Judaism I have ever seen. So, let us move on to our next topic. And also to my dear listener, if you have a moment, I would really appreciate it if you could give me a couple of likes or stars, whichever the podcasting app you might be using, it helps spread it. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I, I like to spread it. So, if I could ask you to do that for me, um, I would be very, very grateful. So, the Chagim, the Moadim, the festivals of the Jewish people. And the beauty about this next stage is that we begin to develop a pattern. And this is really one of the most profound ideas that Rav Hirsch always slots into his thinking. He gives us a system, he gives us a pattern that isn't just a projection. He finds it rooted in Jewish law as well as in Jewish practice. We've dealt with Shabbos, we've dealt with Yom Kippur, we've dealt with Rosh Hashanah. Now we're going to work with the festivals. You have Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot, and Shemini Atzeres. And they are known as Moadim. People say, Moadim Basimcha. So painting our plan going forward, now we are going to talk about what is a Moad? How does it talk to us? What basic principle does it fit under? How does it talk to history? How does it talk to nature? How does it enrich our lives in a most basic general way. Then, in the next podcast, we're going to develop this historical, the spiritual meaning that is embedded in these ideas. What are they bringing out? What are they drawing out in us? And then we are going to fit back in Shabbos and Yom Kippur and draw out a pattern that makes sense of them in our lived experience. And then in the last podcast, we're basically going to fit in the actual laws of the festivals and how those enrich the basic principles. So a three-stage process, if it ends up being a two-stage process, but I doubt it. Three stages for the festivals. Okay, what is a moed? 
Simply speaking, a moed is a meeting. Two people meet. That's great. In place. Spatially. This is a bit different. This is in time. There are times where we meet God, for all intents and purposes. And this is the first point I want to stop. Because when people say, you're meeting God, that sounds lovely. That sounds very spiritual. Uh, but it's not really true, is it? God doesn't really meet me. I might come to him. That's a problem, isn't it? A moed is supposed to be a meeting. A meeting implies a bilateral agreement, not a, a summons from a dictator. And how is this a meeting? To stress how problematic this is in a very structural way, the purposes of a festival, in a broad sense, as I said, is to bring to mind certain ideas. Bring to mind certain ideas and contemplate them, to exhibit an inner realization that lives itself out in the world. Historical ideas. The Almighty revealed himself in history. In Pesach, we have the Exodus. Sukkot, we have the living out of the Jewish people's survival. And Shavuot, we have the giving of the law. Now, these are all historical events that bring to mind God in history. And for a Jew, that is quite key because the basis of Judaism is history. The basis of Judaism is the idea that God reveals himself in history. If that isn't the case, we don't have Judaism. Judaism is predicated on that principle. But it also has agricultural parallels. They all occur at different times of the seasons. We see the seasons emerge, and those are the times in which we celebrate. So they have historical, and they have significances that relate to nature. But if the entire purpose is some form of self-realization which requires the free will of the individual, once again an idea that we will constantly come back to, because the same way history is what Judaism is predicated on, free will is how it's realized, and without free will you have nothing, because then there's no responsibility and there's no possibility of determination to change the will to create a realization in the world. That's impossible. In which case, if the entire purpose of these festivals is to live out an idea, to exhibit a change, to exhibit a difference in your life that's all predicated on your free will, it seems slightly bizarre that we're calling it a meeting, which implies, as I said, two parties, when it's really just one. God is demanding us by time. Do you see what I'm saying? There is a certain forceness, there's a certain deterministicness to the entire notion of festivals. I don't choose to celebrate Pesach. It comes. It comes with the waxing and waning of the moon. It forces me. So it seems slightly odd that something that is so predicated on free will comes to us in a deterministic summons from God. This is where Rav Hirsch introduces a paradigm shift. And the beauty of this is that he roots it in the oral tradition. Because for him, there was no written Bible without the oral tradition. They were completely interdependent. What is a moed? We said it's a meeting point. But how does it come about? Now, to explain this, we have to introduce another idea. It's called Rosh Chodesh. Now, we will discuss this in detail later, and we may repeat some of these ideas, but I thought it was essential to bring it up now to, as I said, uh, undermine the question that I think really ruptures the entire process and purpose of the festivals, the deterministic nature to it. So to cut a fairly long story short, the Jews work by the moon. When the moon comes, we know it's Rosh Chodesh. That's what... That's how it works. The moon determines when we celebrate the beginning of the month. But 
One thing that is often not spoken about from a point of view of the Talmud, from the point of view of the Gemara, and how it describes how this comes about, it's not because the moon arrives. It's because witnesses come and testify about the moon. Now, that seems fairly unimportant, but it isn't. If the moon was what determined our months, the moon itself, yes, we would have that deterministic foundation, but it's not. It's the subjective experience of a witness. A witness has to see, decide to approach Besdin. Once he approaches Besdin, Besdin then have to decide to accept it or not accept it. To accept it or postpone it, they can decide when the new moon will be. Now, painting this picture together, what do we have? We have at the very root of when our festivals are, predicated on the subjective will of the individual. The individual deciding to go live up to his duty and testify that he saw the moon. He saw the beginning parts of the moon. He saw that point and he goes to Besdin and he goes and testifies that he's seen the moon. You have the subjective, you have the individual human experience being key at the foundation here. It then moves to Besdin and once again their individual decision plays a role. They're not forced in what they must do or must not do. They can accept it there and then or they can push it off for a bit. The human will is involved at its very core. So, that's the human aspect. Now there is the divine aspect, the aspect of nature. There are certain structures we have to fit into, certain times of the year that certain festivals must fall into, but already now you have this human, God, human, nature dynamic. That it's not just nature demanding or God demanding us to arrive. No, humanity plays a part. Now it is true that this has been taken over by a set calendar since the destruction of the Second Temple, and it was instituted because of, well, simply speaking, we were in exile and a system of testimony and signals wasn't exactly possible, being, well, spread across the nations of the world. But at its core, philosophically, it's based off those principles. So even though we may not live them out now, we know from a point of view of Jewish law, they're rooted in this idea of the freedom of the will. So, just to build up our picture, the idea of when the moon is seen, or when it's testified to have been seen, is based off human perception and human freedom. Bezdin, whether to accept or reject, is once again their free will. So, when we come to meet God is based off the human experience, but it's also connected to the cycle of the seasons. So you have that bilateral nature of a meeting at its very outset. So to recap, what is a moed? A moed is a meeting, but a genuine meeting, because human subjectivity, human free will is at the core of when it's supposed to happen. It is wedded to the idea of the seasons, but there is the human input as well. Then we built that up to say that these moedim are supposed to bring to mind, once again predicated on freedom, we are supposed to experience these days, reflect contemplate on the historical significance, what happened in these times. And we use these times to live out certain actions, live out certain symbols, to reflect on these key ideas within Judaism, to allow them to motivate, once again, that free will turn to change our lives, to change how we live our life going forward. Every time of the year they come about, that is an opportunity to build on these principles. So now we have Moedim, a meeting, but a genuine meeting. 
a meeting that brings to mind historical events, but also events in nature. And that brings to mind once again that joining of how a Jew should look at the world. A Jew doesn't look at the world as purely a religious structure or a natural structure. For him, the revelation of God in history is the same revelation of God in nature. And the festivals bring that to mind by wedding those two principles together. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time and have a wonderful week.